Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Today's daf is being taught by Justin David, the rabbi of Congregation B'nai Israel in Northampton, Mass. How does our experience of alleviation from suffering, of deliverance from the experience of want and pain, evoke a sense of holiness in our lives? Perhaps there is nothing more emblematic of our deliverance than the celebration of Shabbat, particularly through eating. On this daf, we encounter some exalted statements about the pleasure, the sense of holiness and mitzvah around the central celebration, the oneg of Shabbat. Specifically, it is with reference to eating, in particular about eating three meals instead of what was the customary two, that we engage in the celebration of Shabbat. So, for example, we hear from the sage Shimon ben Pazi in the name of Bar Kapara, all who uphold three meals on Shabbat are saved from three evils, the pain of the Messiah, the judgment of Gehinom, the Jewish hell, and the war of Gog and Magog. Similarly, Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Yossi, all who celebrate Shabbat, presumably by eating three meals, one is given an inheritance without any restrictions. As the Midrash continues, such a person exceeds the good fortune of Abraham and Isaac, whose promises of inheritance are limited to the boundaries within the land of Israel, but rather a person who upholds the three meals on Shabbat is like our ancestor Jacob, whose prodigious progeny will scatter to the sea, to the mountains, to the north, and to the desert. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said that one who celebrates Shabbat is spared the subjugation of exile. Rav Yehuda, in the name of Rav, all who delight in Shabbat are given the desires of their heart. As remarkable as these exalted statements about the celebration of Shabbat are, and particularly in eating meals, we see that the bar for celebration is surprisingly modest. The Gemara asks, what is the oneg of Shabbat? Rav Yehuda, son of Rav Shmuel, son of Shilat, said in the name of Rav, a spice of spinach and a big fish and the heads of sesame. Evidently, this was a specially prepared dish. But Rav Chia Bar Ashi said, also in the name of Rav, even a small thing if prepared in honor of Shabbat, this is an onig, this is a celebration. And so what is this small thing? Said Rav Papa, small fried fish. And so how important is this celebration of Shabbat, even if it is just a modest celebration? According to Rabbi Chia Bar Abba in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, all who observe Shabbat according to its precepts, even an idolater will be forgiven. Rav Yehuda said, if the Jewish people observed just the first Shabbat, it would have been a free people. And now, if the Jewish people observe just two Shabbatot according to Halakha, we will be immediately redeemed. And for good measure, just to emphasize what we're talking about here is the Shabbat celebration around a table and food. The Gemara states in the name of Rabbi Yossi, may my portion be among those who eat three meals on Shabbat. Two things that are, inter- that are interrelated strike me as remarkable here. One is how Shabbat is simultaneously humble and exalted. According to the opinion of Rav, an early Babylonian Amor who is quite authoritative, all it takes is a, place of, is a plate of uh, fried sardines and you have all your earthly needs met. 
The other remarkable thing is how Shabbat exists so as to satisfy the deepest of human yearnings of living in a world free from harm, political oppression, and want. And embedded in this celebration of the humble celebration of Shabbat is the notion to momentarily satisfy human needs and yearnings is a goal of halacha, its own articulation of a heavenly injunction, a special kind of holiness. In one sense, this is remarkably in line with the material in the previous dapim, in which we see the satisfaction of practical needs is as holy as the demands of heaven. We see this joining here as well, as the laws of Shabbat the Halakha are reconfigured in this new context. Whereas in another context, the laws of Shabbat serve to structure a unique experience in which the devotee comes to encounter holiness, here the laws of Shabbat, and in particular the injunction to eat three meals, derives its holiness from satisfying the desires and needs of a human being. The discussion of the notion of three obligatory meals, its basis and connection to tzedakah, makes the point well. In this discussion that begins our daf, we see an association between the three meals and the rabbinic poverty threshold that makes one eligible to receive food assistance from the tamchui, or food pantry, or from the kupa, the communal monetary fund. The minimum standard for the tamchui was two meals a day, and for the kupa, 14 meals a week. But with the rabbinic injunction to eat three meals on Shabbat, or Rabbi Chidka's prescription to eat four, it would seem that they would be saying that either the threshold is higher than we previously thought, or perhaps something more out of step, that to celebrate Shabbat one has to live beyond the threshold of poverty. Not so, says the Gemara. In promoting, in promoting the standard of three meals, or even four meals on Shabbat, the rabbis and Rabbi Chidka keep within the two-day, 14-week meal threshold. It's just that they reserved more meals for Shabbat. In practical terms, this means that the entire celebration of Shabbat assumes that each of us lives just at the threshold of what we need to get by. So Shabbat, then, is a time of radical appreciation for all that we have. If we have less the ability to honor the day in ourselves with just a modest enhancement of what and how we eat is like a festival of thanksgiving. And if we have ample resources, we celebrate our bounty and express our gratitude with even greater feeling, although not necessarily with greater extravagance. The awareness of our own poverty as the spark of celebration may also be familiar to us from Passover. The last chapter of the Mishnah and Pesachim that outlines the order of the Seder famously begins with the obligation for everyone to drink four cups of wine, even if they rely on the communal food pantry, the tamchui. Similarly, we begin the telling of the story of the Exodus by holding up the lechem oni, the bread of affliction, the piece of matzah. Now all jokes aside, why is matzah the bread of affliction when it is actually a symbol of liberation and a delight and a joy to eat on Passover? There's an answer given by a commentary I especially like, something that is called the Perush Kadmon, or ancient explanation, which of course means that it's not ancient, but it's found in a traditional Haggadah, among other traditional commentaries. And this answer says that the amount of flour needed to make a piece of matzah to satisfy one's obligation on Passover of eating matzah is the same amount of flour that a poor person would have brought to the temple as a mincha, or afternoon sacrifice. So on Passover, as on Shabbat, we place ourselves in the position of one who has no choice but to rely on other people, and therefore on God, to get through. And what is our response? On Passover, it's to be grateful for what we have, and to invite all who are hungry to come and eat. And so we see that the peak of our experience of the holy 
is when we come to envision and perhaps experience an intimation of an end to human suffering. And perhaps through encountering that holiness in our celebrations, we are driven to perform gestures that alleviate a bit of that suffering in our own world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs>